Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create. These ideas come from Rebecca's best-selling book, Rhythms of Renewal, trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm. Hey friends, welcome back. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gabe. And I think we're at week six. We are at week (laughs) six, six weeks in. I mean, we have made a new habit 21 days in at three weeks, and now we've doubled down on those habits. I know. (laughs) It's getting long, but we we know from so many of you as well, like it's just gotten a little harder. You get through Easter. I think everybody was really looking forward to Easter. Easter was And then you get through Easter and there's a little bit of a letdown of, okay, this is reality. This isn't going to stop anytime soon. Most schools now across the country are... Everybody knows you're they're not going to have school. They're just waving their, the white flag. Yeah, the white flag is up. <laughs> they're like, we're not even going to try, guys. And as parents or as just individuals trying to live this out, your routines that have gotten you to this place, are they the ones that are going to keep getting you to the next season right. and through these next weeks? Yeah. The fifth week was hard for me. I, I was just frustrated. I was finally letting it. I mean, some of the language has been, you know, like the adrenaline of a new challenge and new change wore off within four weeks. And then at week five, we're kind of like, wait a minute, we're still doing this and yeah. we don't know how long we're going to be doing this. And then it's just frustration because if you're a bunch of people under one roof, which we are six people, there's a lot of emotions and personalities and strong wills in there that's going to just find some friction. I am raising my hand. I'm one of those people. So it was humbling, but good to acknowledge out loud. And week six, I guess I'm feeling better. I, I'm, yeah, you know. And I would say too, we've had on the side, this thing we're working on and looking forward to called Q. We talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but our Q 2020 event that was supposed to be live in Nashville with a couple thousand Downtown Music City Center. has now become a virtual summit. It's happening tomorrow and Thursday. So the April 22nd, 23rd, uh, through Q Media, and everybody, even listening to this, you have the option to join with us. Me and Rebecca. Rebecca's giving talks; she'll be a part of that. And we're having forty different presenters, from Tim Keller and Francis Chan to Ann Voskamp to Priscilla Shire, Lecrae. It's just this awesome group of people coming together to go. What does vision look like for this season ahead for Christians who are working in every area of culture? Not only the church, but we will include conversation about the church. But what does this mean for us? And so you can go to qideas.org slash 2020 for 2020, qideas.org slash 2020. And if you use the code LIONS20, because you're part of Rebecca's audience, you're able to get a 20% discount right. off the $99 ticket. So we'd encourage you to check that 79. out. $79. Learn more about it. Such a it. deal. It's one of my favorite events for the whole year. I learned so much. Think of TED Talks with Faith. It's 18-minute talks, 9-minute talks. You hear a lot of perspectives from arts, media, government, policy, education, social sector, and really around this cultural moment. And I think this is a united way for the church to engage the tensions of our time. Yeah. And so today we get to have a conversation with somebody who's been a part of the Q conversations we've been having for years. She's just been a friend for so many years. And so it's fun to have her on to talk about how she's walked through quarantine time, how she's living out. Her name's Annie F. Downs. You've probably read her books. Maybe you've even listened to her podcast. That sounds fun. And she's such a great 
person, and we're excited yes. for you to get to know her better. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, Gabe, but when we had Q Women in Nashville, she came up to me at the end. She says, I want to be a part of this with you. And the next year, she helped. Like, we just right. we were all running in the same lane on the round Q. So it's fun to have her with us. She's going to be on tonight, actually, for Q Media in our Q Evenings. Do you want right. to share a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, so every Tuesday night, we have a special guest. We had Dave Barnes last week. We had Drew and Ellie Holcomb. So tonight, it's going to be an interview. I sit down with Annie. Rebecca's not there. It's just me, one-on-one with Annie, talking about some more things. And you can have access to that as well through qideas.org slash April for free through our Q Media platform. So check that out. But let's listen in now to our conversation with Annie F. Downs. All right, girl, it's the Annie F. Downs. I'm so, so excited to be talking to you right now. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, for sure. And we would be staring at each other because we both live in Nashville, but no, we are actually, Gabe and I are somewhere in Franklin and you're somewhere in Nashville. Stay at home. That's right. Don't go anywhere. Social distancing. Yeah, we're (laughs) city city distancing. Annie, you were one of our first friends that was officially put on quarantine notice and you were not, now, now, now this is like normal for everybody. But we have to go right. back about, what, five, six weeks to when people were still moving around and you were told, hey, you have been exposed and you have to stay home. No, I remember right. specifically because it was the first night that my trip was canceled that morning to get on a plane. And so I was with the kids and Gabe outside and I said, let's have Annie over in the morning and let's have pancakes and like hang out. And so I texted you and you're like, actually. I know because I think we actually made the plan and did. then the health department called me. Yes. You, yeah, and you're yes. like, so I'm I was like, yes. so sad, and I thought, oh my gosh, yes, horrible, because at that point, it was so early on in our county, only a few cases had been reported, and one of them you knew and you were with, and so all of a sudden, yes. you got to basically live this first two weeks in ways that helped other people understand kind of the fullness of how big of a deal this was. Yeah. Well, I hope it was helpful. It was helpful to me to have a an understanding or a thought behind it of, okay, Annie, this this could really matter because people are watching and they're scared and mm-hmm. you you get to live this a week and a half before everybody else will. Right. I mean, we I didn't know that timing obviously, but but man, it was pretty brutal when everybody could still kind of do what they wanted to. And the only way I saw people was if they came and stood outside. Right. And we know, Annie, that for you, that's awful. You love to go. <laughs> you love to party. You love to have fun with the best of them. And so for you to be, of all people, somebody that's required to stay home, I know you had to learn and are still probably learning some incredible life lessons, but just give us give us a little taste of maybe what you've been learning as you've kind of had to sit with yourself a lot more over these last several weeks. A lot more, Gabe. Um, I am on, as of recording, I am on day 34 of being at home. Hmm. And, and I'll tell you, I think that the biggest thing that I have learned is a kindness towards myself that I'm not sure I had before this a necessary, (laughs) it has been very necessary for me to be a good friend to myself because I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet. And so I live alone. And there are days where the thing I have to do is be really kind to myself and really understanding. I mean, even this morning, I told you, I, I, I went and did what I've done every morning of, I got, I was making my tea, I was emptying the dishwasher. And I just had this moment of like, 
I'm I miss my life. This is not my life. Emptying the dishwasher every day, being home all this much, and and I just kind of put. I do this almost every day at some point. I just put my hand on my heart, and I said, mm-hmm. "Tell me what you need." And I and I thought I just need to get outside. I need to get outside, and and walk and kind of feel free and feel in the world. And 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 there is just really something spiritual about being kind to yourself. And I don't know that I have. I've I know I've always struggled with that in some ways as a female, as an Annie, my whole life, but. But this new level of like, can you be a good friend to yourself like you are to other people has really been highlighted in this season where I didn't have the ability to go to other people easily. Right. I've been hearing that so much, Annie, especially this week. This is this ends week five for most people, kicks off actually when this airs, it'll be week six. And yeah. I think week five for me personally hit me sideways and I felt shame for being so frustrated and mad. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Shame is not in the equation here. Everyone is walking through something that they've never have ever done, ever done. And to to give yourself the grace to have all the feelings in that moment and let it out. Not, not, not say, oh, someone has it so much worse than me. So my loss isn't really loss. It's That's just not true. There's all levels of people feeling like what they had is now gone or what they thought might the future might look like might look different. And everyone has a real, like they need to be honored in those feelings and not feel invalidated. Yes, there are plenty of people out there who have far worse, but at the same point, it's loss all the way around. And I think it's okay um, in kindness to acknowledge that. But Rebecca, look at what you've gained. I mean, you're home with me. Exactly. Nonstop, which <laughs> is got to be amazing awesome. compared to a lot of people. <laughs> they don't get like, to hang we out. We only with me fight one point two, an average of one point two times a it's day. It's funny how much we've realized we really need space. <laughs> like today, there. Annie, we went yeah. for that same walk, and we ended up fighting by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of our great rhythms: taking a walk and then <laughs> so fighting. That's right, arguing walk, because it's basically it the only time the kids aren't with us. <laughs> So right, all the frustrations right. are like, the sun will hopefully like make this not be as intense, but here's some things that I've been <laughs> storing yeah, up to chat with you things. about. I heard I heard someone say the other day, and this has meant a lot to me, that um, it's what you were just saying, Rebecca, this idea that if someone tells you what they are experiencing is hard, the kindest thing you can do is believe them. Mm-hmm. Just go, yeah, I bet that is hard. I don't know that life. Like, I don't know what it's like to go on a walk and fight with my husband, but I believe you that that's not, that wasn't the dream scenario, you know? And the thing we can do for each other, no matter what our losses are in this, whether you're a a senior in high school who's not having a graduation ceremony or someone like you and I, Rebecca and Gabe, who've had events and financial changes because we aren't able to travel or someone who's, I have a friend whose wedding is getting moved by two months, you know, like, there are losses all around, and the kindest thing we can do when someone goes, this loss is really hard for me, even if it's not our personal loss, is to believe them. Right. Because we usually have a hard time exhibiting grace to someone else if we've not experienced it personally. But when we are gentle with ourselves, we're naturally gentle with others. And and I think that's just a reminder. When we're hard on ourselves, we tend to be hard on others. And I know like the days in quarantine that I've kind of been rigid and extreme, 
I'm I'm first attacking myself and then out of that fear then comes control where I'm trying to fix everybody else because fear is really like this is all out of control so I'm trying to find the one thing that I can just you know be hellbent on and drive everyone which this last week was the schedule the chore chart and the schedule to which all of my kids rebelled and I got it from a friend who was doing it with her kids in California and then later I tell my friend I was like yeah all my kids are not feeling it and she's like oh I don't even really actually do half of those things with the kids I was like oh. it was so hilarious because I was like oh and at the end of all your homeschooling I need you to tell dad and I are there five things I could do to help around the house and then they're like oh my gosh yeah so Again, I was being so rigid because I was like, I need I need a tight ship right now because there's nothing else in my life that I feel like I have any say in. And I just had to own that out loud with everybody, ask for forgiveness and go, okay, I don't need to be so strict or extreme. It's partly because I'm being so hard on myself. And when I acknowledge that, we all relax. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the trick is paying attention. It's that same idea of, can you be a good friend to yourself? <laughs> Are you paying attention to, I, I found myself, I, I got a text this morning and I reacted really strongly, not on the text. I'm grown up enough to know to like, hang on. But I reacted really strongly. And I said to my, I said to myself, I think you feel really needy because you are in a lot of need. I don't think that's how this was meant. So just hang on, you know? And then I called my mentor and I talked to some friends and I was like, okay, we're all on the same page. I'm overreacting in my soul. <laughs> right. <That's what laughs> but it started with for, me right? telling myself that. So I have a question for you, Annie. In this season where so many of us have now had to step back from our even local friendship connections and now we're relying on, you know, phone calls, Zoom calls, FaceTime. Have you found that you've reconnected with old friends a little bit more than maybe you would have? Or or has your community mostly been those who you were already in friendship with locally and that's who you're connecting with most? Yeah, it's mostly my my current friendship groups. One of the most beautiful things has been when you aren't sitting at a table of 12 or when you aren't watching a sporting event together, um, when you are just talking back and forth on Marco Polo, it gets really honest. Mm-hmm. And so I've I have been really this is cheesy, but it's a true word. I've been really blessed by how genuine our friendships have proven to be. It's not something new. I just, we just didn't have to talk this much because we could just sit together, you know, like we can all just sit on a porch and hang out. But now when you're looking at Marco Polo or whatever, you know, whatever app you're using, you have to be really honest and you're looking right in people's eyes. And so I have really been grateful for that, uh, for the deepening of the friendships that are in my current life. Yeah. You've cut out the medium of distraction. Like we, Annie, you and I know we've done a lot of girls nights out and there's a bunch of us around a table and then we'll leave and be like, I didn't hardly get to see with you because we were four seats apart. Right. There's a lot of hustle bustle activity when we all get together that sometimes actually takes away from the real chance to hear how one another's doing. So now you're just looking at each other and you're like, all I got is conversation, guys. I can't even share a meal right now. So conversation really is the glue. I think that that's where the connection is born is that vulnerability and that honesty that you guys are having. I have found that same thing. I have a group of girls that we all had babies together in our 20s in Atlanta, and now we live all over the country. And about a week into this, um, one of the girls' husbands and Gabe is very similar in their way of seeing this whole thing. So... (laughs) 
they're just like kind of going overboard and like making sure that we're understanding what's going on and that we're prepared. And like, let's just be honest, I did seedlings this week. So over overboard is in, hey, you might be trapped in your house for three months. <laughs> if that's overboard, right. I'm overboard. <laughs> well, I didn't want to hear it. Let's be honest. I kind of rebelled. That's right. Against- I was going to say, in my heart, I'm going to call that overboard as well right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was like, no, no, no. Not three months. Maybe three weeks. Max. That's about where I was at. <laughs> couple months ago. But all that to say, it started this kind of joke thing and we just kept talking. And now we do a weekly Zoom for like an hour, hour and a half where everyone checks in and we all laugh about how every family is responding to this and how they have teen kids like I do. And and that's also helpful. Like teen kids with their own friendships and their own, um, like they've been sent to timeout as well, right? And they're not happy about that. You know, like they're still trying to deal with their own emotions and find that. So I I have loved, Gabe and I even sometimes will do a double date night with couples around the country um, that we've just known since college. And we're like, hey, let's talk tonight at eight o'clock or whatever. So that's been a new fun thing in ways that were intentional that we normally wouldn't have time for or have the space or margin to pursue. Yeah, that kind of feels like the balance we have to find is, is can we pursue friendship? Can we be going for connection that we aren't having? Can we be trying for that? And at the same time, can you give yourself permission that you don't have to have a a Zoom call seven nights a week? You can have days or nights where you just watch Netflix or you just check out and put your phone down and read a book. Absolutely. But I think the only way we grow, it's the same with God. The only way we grow in in spiritual connection with God is if we spend time with them. The only way we're going to grow in connections with our friends and grow in relationship is if we're connecting with them, even if we don't get to be in the same place. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And there's a lot of people connecting right now. And I know a lot of people feel lonely. That's very real. And I know you've written books about how to be brave. I know even our daughter Kennedy has just loved reading your books. And you always are so relatable, so fun to hear your stories and how you've been processing life. And I know you have such a huge following of just young women and women in general. And who, mini BFFs. Let's, <laughs> and tiny kids. Yeah, tiny just, kids all the way up. I know. It's just awesome. Um, but talk to us about being brave in this moment. Because I think for a lot of people, we don't quite know now. Like, what is brave? Is brave giving people a hug again when we are allowed to get back in the same room? Is being brave, you know, taking time for yourself right now to care for yourself in the midst of this season? Like, how would you describe what braveness looks like when you're kind of told you're supposed to stay home and stay away from people. Like, how do we prepare for what this next season might look like where we get to come out a little bit more? We get to go to a restaurant with less people. We start to move into, if you're in an area where you can get out a little bit more, I'm just concerned about like how we're going to respond to one another. Yeah, me too, Gabe. I I think it's going to take a lot of listening between each other of what we need. You know, I think the the government will tell us here are the three rules and then we'll get in the same place and go, okay, I know these are the same rules. What are you living by? Like, what do you need from me? Um, Yeah, I I think courage is going to look really interesting. I was talking on the phone with my pastor from Crosspoint, Kevin Queen, yesterday, and he was talking about the things that people are afraid of right now. And one, he had done some research on it. And one of them is groundedlessness, meaning that we all are so used to being grounded in our lives. We kind of know where our lives are going. We know what's going on. We know what comes next. And we currently live in a world where there, there is no guarantee of anything in the future. 
And and so to me, what I've been thinking about yesterday and today since that conversation is, A, we can, you know, the old God is our foundation is true, but but what does it look like for us to behave like that? Well, to me, it looks like we make plans and we have hope and we hold them loosely. Can you be brave enough to make plans, to look forward with hope, but to hold loosely what we will actually get to do in two months or six months or can you trust God with a future that you cannot see, right? Like we've said that stuff. How many seniors in high school have a quote about like, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future, right? right. Like that kind of cheesy stuff. But we've actually got to live like that. And so Gabe, to me, courage in this is going to look like whether we're coming out of it or whether we're going into kind of a leveled return to a more public living life with each other is going to be, can you live with hope? Can you be brave enough to live with hope and yet be brave enough to hold that hope loosely that your expectations will be met? Well, and I think that's been the lesson that everyone has been slowly learning over these six weeks is the unclenching of fists. Like whatever it was that we came into this holding dear, whether, you know, at the time it might have been just everything was planned. So we were holding our plans, our intentions, um, kind of our will of what had been resolved and planned. And then we've had to release all of that. And then I think you are so right. We don't, we don't then go to the other extreme and then just be like, well, I mean, why bother? Cause I don't have a say in it anyways. Like you could go that direction and you could just actually release all agency that you actually carry as, as a human being, or just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to act and make decisions with the grace that I've been given today with what I know today with the peace I feel today. And as a result, I'll make, you know, I'll call someone and maybe we'll have a social distancing situation in a week from now or whatever that looks like, or three weeks from now. And then you just keep kind of, I think courage begets courage. So when you start to act on those things, small baby steps, then that starts to encourage the people around you like, hey, this is there, there was something really restorative about that risk, right? <laughs> something that we all have been craving and longing for and needing. We're not jumping crazy ahead. We're, we're taking step by step. And then again, like what none of us know, right? If, if this virus has some sort of an uptick, we have to hold it loosely if some level of this might look similar in a few months. Like none of us want that, but we don't want to actually be in denial either. So I agree, risk with thoughtfulness and release um, is really kind yeah, of a place a we have to, to circle. We just have to continue to kind of stay in that circular rhythm, I think. That's right. And holding that tension is hard. Because it's hard, I know, for you to plan something and get excited about it and then know, oh, wait, that was canceled again? Because that could be a little PTSD, right? Oh, wait, it was canceled again? Like this, because then it's hard to plan again. Like, what if this is canceled? But you're right. Like, if it is, you'll have the grace to manage it. Um, It doesn't mean that it won't be hard, but it doesn't mean you don't make plans. Yeah, that's right. Hey friends, if you're like me, week six into quarantine means so many hours in the kitchen. And so that's why I'm really excited about our sponsor for today's episode, Prep Dish, because as you know, if you've listened to a few of these episodes, they have been so helpful for me and they have 
for quarantine, a pantry and freezer meal plan. You'll get still your two weeks free. And what they do is that they are going to give you a meal planning service. Every week, you'll get an email with a grocery list, prep ahead directions of all your meals that you can prep for the week and you don't need to guess about what to do. So some of the things they're doing in the meal plan uh, for the freezer in the pantry is because a lot of us have been stocking up. They want to give you a way to have a game plan for it. So there's things like shrimp stir fry over rice, vegetable bean soup, vanilla, cherry, almond, oatmeal, almond butter bites, which are a favorite at our Lions household. Also, they give you a lot of recommendations for substitutes because I don't know about you, but I hate going to the grocery store for one or two things. So anything that you need to know that you have most of the essentials to make, they'll give you everything in advance. So just go ahead to prepdish.com slash pantry, get your first two weeks free and see how this helps you as you do all your cooking from home. Annie, for you, one of the unique factors that you already mentioned is the fact that you're going through this alone. Like you're in your own apartment. A lot of other people like Rebecca and I, we've got our four children, we've got each other. And so there's, seems like there's a few different experiences happening around this. For some, it's, oh, we get more time together. We're with our family. But when you're not around a family and you're on your own and you don't have any physical touch happening through hugs or just getting to see friends and hang out, like talk to our listeners that are single that are walking through this and not able to have a family about just what's been unique for you about this experience what what are the things it's made you maybe long for more than you thought you would have what are some of those new thoughts you're having about the, your current life and the way forward well i'm like my first thought is like well everybody when we can get out of this let's partner up real quick so this doesn't happen to us again <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Everybody look around. <laughs> yes. And figure it out and work it out quick. Yes. Quarantine so in units. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, you know, Gabe, it, it is super interesting. I I think we have one thing I've seen in me, so I won't speak for all singles, but what I'll say for me is that I have started to see some of the shadow side of living so independently from a family. Um, now, that has not been my desire. I'm not single because I don't want to get married or have kids, but that I still can go, huh, maybe the shadow sides of this exist in some other ways. Of just, can you unpack that a little bit more? Like what yeah. you mean by that? For me, I had no idea how much physical touch mattered to me. The hugging of friends, the hugging from my friend's kids, my mini BFFs, as I call them. Um, even just being able to touch someone's arm in a conversation. Like that is uh, the loss of that. I have felt it in my, in my body. Like I can feel that we aren't supposed to live like this. I just saw, I have not read the article yet, so I'm doing the worst thing, but I just saw that Kurt Thompson wrote an article today that Andy Crouch shared about, um, about the, we're sleeping more because our bodies are recognizing we aren't meant to live like this and it's exhausting. And I feel that. So some of the shadow side of this to me is I have more opportunity to have a secret life. And I don't think, I think having a private life is really important. I think having a secret life is really dangerous. And how I eat, what I watch, uh, who I talk to, how I talk to them, um, a lot of things can be secret right now. And it, it is my choice who I invite into that. And when I'm living a normal life out in public and I'm seeing people, A, there's a lot less time to have a secret life. But B, I also just see people and look them in the face and think, okay, this is my accountability partner. I have to confess some things or this is my mentor or, man, I'm glad I'm sitting with my friends because if I was home alone in my feelings, we may have some problems. 
And so I am noticing the inclination towards having a life that nobody else can see is more more tempting than it is on a in my normal life. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and that's deep, you know, it's like the the idea of the, the difference between a private life and a secret life is so important and we have seen the shadow side during this season on some levels whether it's the consumption of porn or alcohol and liquor sales going way up, or even if it's like chips and ice cream, right? Sales through the roof because people kind of go to where is that place that I get some sort of comfort, some sort of normalcy. And you you really have to fight against it. I know we were talking to our son today, Pierce is 17, and he was talking about his schedule for the day. And he was so fired up to have a schedule, proactive. Here's what I'm going to accomplish today. I'm not letting it wait till tomorrow. And I thought, good for you. Like that's such a good approach and a healthy approach to not letting these days just start to flow together and melt together to where there's not distinctives. And I think that's a really important thing for us to remember. And the thing he has in y'all is when that happens, you can, if you didn't see him do that in three days, you could, you could lovingly say to him, Hey man, remember how you said, what do you need? You know, and, and people who are living by themselves, don't have anyone to even hold them to doing the good things they want to do. Not even, not only protect them from the negative things they could choose to do. There's no one cheering me on or reminding me the good things. I mean, there are, y'all are, I have a staff, I have good friends, but as far as sitting face to face, I had a fun thing happen at work and I thought, I wish that I could celebrate this with my friends in the same place. Hmm. And you just, that's just not an option right now. And so you, you either, and I've done both. You either wallow in sadness or you go, hey, can can you three get on Zoom real quick and open a bottle of champagne and, and say <laughs> cheers, you know? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. I love it. Well, and it's like reaching out. I think with this whole thing, whether you're having a, a high, like a day where you're just, it's a good day. And I love that about Annie. You have shown, you have revealed high days and low days. Like you've been honest through this whole thing and you have invited people in. But whether people are in that place of like, this is a great day, I'm going to reach out to somebody, or this is a really hard day, and I'm also going to reach out to somebody. Because the temptation when it's hard is to hide. Because there's shame, and there's like, no one else must be responding in the way that I'm responding. And the truth is, so many of us are kind of in this, because we're on the same timeline, we're all actually going through the same emotions, week one, That's two, right. three, four, five, six. Everyone, like the adrenaline of a new challenge has worn off. It was done in the first month, right? This is now fatigue. This is overwhelmed. This is the indefinite future. And the positivity sometimes is no longer just coming out of sheer survival. It's coming out of like, no, it's because I'm just going to decide to reach out to someone even when I don't feel like it. Because we know that that's the endurance right now. Like I remember just a few days ago, like I just need endurance, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't need to tackle forty-five new projects, but I need to in, to have endurance to be kind to myself and my family in this season. And one thing I kept hearing from from people that were talking to me this week online was, how do you not like? feel shame if you just don't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish in this opportunity. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, first of all, like you just go ahead and lower those expectations for yourself because part of that is the lie of unworthiness. Like your worth is dependent on what you're checking off the list or your latest accomplishment. And I almost feel like we're in this global timeout because we have all bought that lie for so long. I'm not saying why. I'm not saying that's why we're in timeout. But I'm saying it's revealed this time of slowing has revealed that kind of the 
the lifestyle of constant going and and pursuing sometimes also leaves us wanting or lacking. And so now we're kind of having to pull those layers away and go, what's behind that? What do I even really long for? What makes me come alive? How do I rediscover what those things are? Yeah. No one else is having the exact experience you're having, but everyone else is having the experience you're having. <laughs> like It's both and. People that are in a house full of people, can a lot of them do feel really lonely because you're still not with all the people. I saw a buddy of mine from college. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him since college, so 15 years. But I saw him on Twitter yesterday say to someone else, if they say we can't gather with more than 10, I have six kids. That means I won't ever see my friends again. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, our family is almost the max. <laughs> right. I and know. I just thought, oh man, that's, we don't, it isn't whether your house is empty or full. It's that none of us are getting to see all the people that we love as easily as we could see them 40 days ago. Yeah. And, and we need to give, give space for that. Everyone's a little bit scared. Everyone's a little bit sad. Everyone has found gifts in this. I mean, every single day when I pray, the first thing I pray in the morning is I open my hands and I say the Lord, I believe that you are a giver of good gifts. Will you give me a gift today that helps me get through this day? And and I just think he will do that for all of us. Yeah, that's good, Annie. That's such a good way for us to close down just this conversation for this moment. And we just love you. We love who you are. And for everybody listening, her That Sounds Fun podcast is just one of the best. And her new quarantine series that's happening daily now. You can hear Annie daily as she walks through this. So take advantage of that and her books by Annie F. Downs. Look those up on Amazon. But just such a gift to all of us, such a great friend. And we are praying for you. And thank you for encouraging all of us today and just the ways you're walking through this and how we can walk through it better. Thanks. I love you. We love you, Annie. Don't you just love her? She's so honest. I appreciate that so much about Annie. Those of you who listen to her on podcast, you know what I mean. But if you don't, go find her at That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs. She has a quarantine series that she's telling all the things. But today, I loved what she talked about, like the vulnerability required, um, especially living single through this season, to the difference between a secret life and a private life, and making sure that you have healthy people that are kind of your accountability. In it yeah, all. and the importance we can each play in one another's lives, even if it's from a distance, especially think about our friends who have no one and are alone. How can we encourage them? How can we help them remember who they are at their best and not lose sight of that? I think that's all so important. Well, we're so glad you're with us today. And again, want to remind you, join us tomorrow for the Q2020 Virtual Summit. It's tomorrow and Thursday, the 22nd and 23rd. You get a discount using the promo code LIONS20. And you can learn more about the event at qideas.org slash 2020. See all the presenters, speakers, the topics, so many different conversations we're going to be having. And we want you to be a part of it with us if you at all can. And so join us there. If you want to see Annie on Q Media tonight, you can learn more at qideas.org slash April. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to talking next week.